So we're going to read our Bible reading now. Today's reading is from Mark chapter 4, verses to to 34, the parable of the mustard seed. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what the parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants. Where... Um, with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus could understand, um, spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. When he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. So, Father, now as we, we look at this, this parable now, would you, would you speak into our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, then. Let's have a think on this Harvest Sunday about this particular farming parable that, that Jesus spoke about. And the message I want to use this Harvest Sunday is this. When you plant some of God's seed... It will grow. So when you plant some of this in your life, it will grow. And so I want us to think right at the start. Let's have a, let's have a think about how much we know about, about parables so we can all start from the, from the same place. If I was to ask you a question and say to you, what is a parable? You know, a very, very simple question. What is a parable, I wonder? And you had one word to answer. What would be the one word that you might use? Right. So we're going to say a parable is a story. And, and we'd be right from there. So if you've ever known what a parable is and you've just heard this word, what is it? It's a, it's a story. In fact, Jesus spoke in parables all the time. In fact, if you were to read... All of the biographies of Jesus' life, if you like the Gospels, you would find that a third of all the words that Jesus used were stories. In fact, when Harry just read that reading for us now, we heard, without a parable, Jesus told the disciples and the crowds nothing. He was always using these, these parables. He was always using these, these stories. But it's, so a parable is a story, but a story about what? It's not a rhetorical question. A story about what? Well, I tell you what. Why don't we look at verse 30 of Mark chapter 4 because we'll find the answer. Harry read it for us, but maybe we didn't quite hear it. So if you think a parable is a story, but what's the point of the story? If we don't know the point of the story, we'll never get the message. So 
Jesus said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable will we use for it? So what's the, par- what's the story about? The kingdom of God. So if you've forgotten what the kingdom of God is or you're not quite sure or you hear these words that Jesus talked about, the kingdom of God over and over again, you think, what on earth does that mean? It means quite simply this. This is how God will bring his purposes in the world or this is how God will make things right in the world, which Jesus, by his very way of coming, And the life he lived and the death he died and how God raised him from the dead, he was bringing into being. So it's a story. A story about the kingdom of God. You know, there's another thing about parables. Let's do a bit of language with us this morning, basically. I'm going to teach you a Hebrew word. The Hebrew word is mashal. So say it after me, Mashal. Try again. You're not quite got the Hebrew accent, so try it again. Mashal, basically, like a long ear over there. The reason I'm telling you that is this. The Bible was written, a lot of it was written in Hebrew. And that's the Hebrew word for parable. It actually means riddle, or wise saying, or proverb. So if you think about a riddle... If you think about a proverb, it should make you think. And when it comes to parables, parables should, should make us think. They almost should stretch our minds. They almost should say, I'm not quite sure I get that. I have to think about it a bit more. It should get right into our very souls of our being. But the best explanation that I've ever had about a parable is this. It's actually to look at the word. The Greek word. So let's try this. Let's do a bit of Greek. Parable. Try the Greek. That was pathetic. Try again. That's right. You see, if you actually look at the word, it's two words. It actually comes from para and what's called bole. Para means to come alongside. Bole means to kind of throw like this. It was better than stones or acorns or conkers, wasn't it, basically? But that's what it means. So what Jesus did with a parable was this. He threw things alongside things. So Jesus took an everyday thing that people were all familiar with, like a farmer sowing some seed like that, and he just threw it alongside a saying of what the kingdom of God was all about. So if we use another example that some of us will be familiar with, Jesus would say this, if you've ever lost a coin, if you've ever lost some money, and particularly if you're, a, if you're someone who's poor and you've lost a coin, and that coin had so much value to you, or if you've ever seen in those days a shepherd searching for a lost sheep, then you understand how much God cares for people who don't know him. So much so of the length of his love that he will go to search out people who don't know him. That was what Jesus was doing in parables. And so in this parable, well, it's, it's quite straightforward, really. It's a very simple parable. A child could understand it. Jesus just takes an everyday example of some seed and he throws it alongside and says... When you sow seed, this is what the kingdom of God is like. You see, when you plant some of God's seed, when you plant some of God's DNA in your life, it will grow. 
So here's the story. Jesus says, just imagine for a minute this. Just imagine some, some seed is, is kind of sown like this. And then he says, just imagine after a while that what happens is that that seed, the mustard seed, which was the smallest seed that they used in farming in those days, just imagine that that is just planted there in the ground. And then over time, it starts to grow in the ground. And it starts to come up out the ground. And it starts to produce something. It starts to produce a bush. And what Jesus says about this bush is this. He says that this bush will be far bigger than all the other garden shrubs. If you know anything about mustard seeds in those days, you'll know that they would grow to maybe a meter wide to two and a half to three and a half meters high. That was what the bush was like. And he said, just imagine this bush with these strong branches on them. These strong branches. And then just imagine all these leaves off it as well, that it's full of life and vitality and strength. That is a picture of what the kingdom of God is like. So question, what's the mustard seed? Simple question, there are no hard answers this morning. What's the mustard seed? Jesus said it. The mustard seed is the kingdom of God. So you plant some mustard seed, the kingdom of God. And then what happens to the mustard seed? What does it do? It grows. And what does Jesus say about this growth? Does it kind of fail to grow? What happens? It spreads, but it does more than spread. What does it do? He says it grows spectacularly. And if you think about it, the greatest example we have of that was those very first hearers. Those very first hearers, those disciples, those few women, and the hangers-on. If you like that small group, the greatest example is the first hearers because it's the church that started so incredibly small, And now has grown to a network of over 2 billion people around the world. When you think about our church and these values that we're trying to embed in our church of prayer, care and share. They're just very small things, but you just plant some seeds like that. And they will make a great impact. When you think about it, let's think about something else. When you think about the community consultation that we're doing. You know, there's, there's not a great number of us doing that. But the difference that it makes in this parish and the impact that it has is huge. And the impact that it potentially will have over the years is huge. When you plant some of God's DNA in your life, it will grow. And so it got me thinking this morning, where on this Harvest Sunday might God want us to to plant some seeds in our life? Where might God want us to do that? Because when we plant some seeds of God, it will grow. You know, I wonder if, is, is it something to do with our character? Or something to do with our lifestyle. Maybe it's got something to do with, with, with loving better. 
Maybe it's got something to do with something that sin won't have such an attractive hold in our lives. Maybe it's got something to do with a relationship, like a relationship that might have broken down or where God might want us to share our faith. Maybe it's got something to do with a God-given passion that he's given us, that he wants us to plant that seed and it will grow. So I want us to think for a minute or two about what God might say to us in this area of where God might be wanting us to plant some seeds for him. And then I want us to do two things. We're going to lay out here some actual seeds and some compost. And we're just going to invite each of you to to come up and just plant a seed. And we're going to watch these seeds grow because we've put them all in bigger tubs rather than individual tubs because the kingdom works as a community, not as necessarily as individuals. And so we're going to plant those seeds. And then after you've planted one, I kind of commissioned this as the mustard seed prayer bush. And there's a little luggage tag here. And just... Maybe write a prayer or write a word about what the seed is that you've planted. And we'll just tie it or we'll just fix it like that to the, to the tree. So why don't we take a couple of minutes just to be quiet now. Remembering when you plant some of God's DNA in your life, it will grow.